We're going to get started. Thank you. Okay, we're going to get started. Today we're going to talk about some travel apps. Um, sorry, my voice is kind of dying. Um, and um, Deb Cook-Lewis is going to start and talk about the Seeing Eye GPS app. Here's the mic that you need. Okay, this is going to be a little tricky um, because I have, um, at this second, I need to make my phone do something for me. Okay. Um, all right. So um, I'm going to start with the Sendero GPS app. I, I uh, don't work for Sendero in any way or have any affiliation with them, but um, other than that, I've owned a lot of their products. And uh, they asked if someone from the, uh, their list was, uh, email list was going to be at this uh, convention and could share about uh, this app. So um, I've actually used probably every GPS app there is, but I do use this one as well. So um, I'm going to do that now for you. So oh, just a word about GPS on the iPhone, and, and that is that um, the iPhone um, does have the GPS receiver built in, but of course the accuracy of that is going to be a little bit dependent on um, the environment and how you have your phone and just a variety of things. Um, there are a few other things about using the iPhone with GPS that are going to be true with any GPS app, and that is that GPS is a big battery eater, so you want to make sure that you've got a plan, um, which is either an external uh, GPS or could be um, the possibility of um, a battery, an, a battery charger, one of the little portable battery chargers you can carry with you. Because if you GPS a lot, you're going to find out that that's one of the issues in the world. Um, so first of all, the Sendero app is not a free app, and that does put people off. Um, it has um, a 30-day free trial that you can download, which is good, from the App Store. And then at the end of that, you can subscribe to it. And so it has either a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription. And I believe right now the yearly subscription is like $69, and I think the monthly subscription is about $9. So obviously, the, it's a, to your advantage to take the yearly subscription. So why would you want to pay a bunch of money for an app? And Sendero believes that there are some significant reasons why many people would want to do that. Um, so first of all, the Seeing Eye GPS app is, is the only turn-by-turn -turn GPS app designed specifically for people who are blind or visually impaired. Um, and it provides more detail and auto-announcements than mainstream GPS apps. And so, for example, um, I, went, I had to run an errand this afternoon, and I put the point of interest into the uh, Sendero app, and it got me the directions to the place. But as we were going along, it not only told me where to turn, but it told me what streets we were crossing. It told me some of the points of interest that we were going by. It told me, in many cases, whether we were on a one-way street or not, and it commented on a variety of, excuse me, things that were environmentally there. Now, we were in the car, and I didn't necessarily need to know those things, but um, sometimes it's very, very helpful to know more about your surroundings because if uh, um, the person driving needs more information, or if you do, or if you're not sure 
that that's happening efficiently, um, that's one thing. But when you're walking, it's very essential to have information about the streets, um, what the layout of that is, what the intersection looks like, um, and those things. And you can get this from other apps, but usually you have to get it in combination with apps together, whereas Sendero does provide it all in one app. So you're not loading something and loading something else, you're just loading this. And um, it provides um, a range of different types of cues, including audio cues, um, plus the directions. So, for example, it, it does do some cute things like provide uh, turn signal sounds when you're getting ready to be turning so that you start paying attention to it rather than all the other things that might be going on on your uh, phone. I know one of my coworkers, that's her favorite aspect of the app. She's cited that she likes using it when she has access to it with me because she um, likes really being warned in advance above all the other hubbub of conversations that, oh, we're going to be turning soon, you know? So she does like that. Um, so um, um, basically how GPS works is that you need to be moving uh, to get an accurate heading and you need a clear view of the satellites. So sometimes GPS will not be um, entirely accurate in its processes if you're um, not moving or if it doesn't have a good view. And that's true for any GPS, but it's especially true um, on, the, on the iPhone. Um, uh, the Sendero app provides turn-by-turn um, -turn routes to address or points of interest um, and you can preview the directions before heading out, which is obviously really handy a lot of the time. And you can use, for your points of interest searches, you can use either Google or Foursquare um, location uh, points of interest. So that's um, very useful because Foursquare uh, points of interest are all created by people, and people have created them wherever they wanted to. And for example, the entrance to my office the point of interest for Foursquare is a half a block away from the entrance. And that's not very accurate. So um, it's nice, one of the nice things is that you can use both Google and Foursquare to, to check out the points of interest. And if there's a controversy with that, you can try to just go to the address rather than that um, information. Um, another issue about um, the, um, the Points of interest location screen gives you a quick overview um, of your surroundings. And um, you can also record your own points of interest. Um, so a friend's house or a building or a college or campus or the actual correct location of the front door of my office, um, which is um, very good. And it has a way of letting you know what are your points of interest and what are the ones that it has provided you. Um, it also supports some indoor navigation using Bluetooth beacons to deliver orientation information for indoor spaces. Um, uh, some examples of places that are supported by that right now are the Seattle, I mean, I'm sorry, the San Francisco Lighthouse and the Chicago Lighthouse. Um, so it was, this was developed um, by a grant that they got from um, Health and Human Services, and they're hoping to expand that to more locations. But to have your outdoor navigation and your indoor navigation as part of the same app is um, ideally um, what they want to really achieve. Um, so um, there are um, uh, basically um, a number of advantages to this app, particularly for someone who doesn't want to have a lot of 
uh, apps to have to deal with and who wants to um, be able to uh, have a variety of, of abilities to um, search for points of interest and doesn't want to be um, reliant on just one system. But there is a cost, and um, so that does set some people back. But I think it's well worth considering this app as a single solution for GPS. Thank you. take questions at the end. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a few different apps, um, and I'm covering a lot of territory, so I'll go through it quickly, and you guys are, feel free to ask questions at the end. Um, firstly, all iPhones are equipped with Apple um, Maps by default. And in the beginning, this app was really controversial because a lot of their routes weren't super great and people were getting lost and things like that. But as they've upgraded the iPhone over time, the app has also upgraded a lot and it's become a lot nicer. One of my favorite things about a Apple Maps is that you can use Siri with it. So if I'm walking down the street, I can just turn Siri on. Siri, give me directions to McDonald's. The app will pull up the maps for you and give you the directions. It has walking directions, driving directions, and transit directions, and all of those are accessible. One of the things I also like about it is that you can get a 3D view of your map, and it's accessible to the user, the a visually impaired user with voiceover. If you drag your finger around the map, and you can see where the places are, so you can kind of build a picture in your head. And there are roadways, and it'll tell you one-way street as you drag your finger onto that roadway, and different things and it will describe anywhere you need to go during your route and it will mark your points of interest on that route. So that's one feature I think is really, really handy. Um, another feature that puts it ahead of some of its competitors is the ease to search for things like restaurants and stores. Um, in their search feature, if you start typing or even if you just pull up a search, it brings up suggestions like food, drinks, clothing. And once you click on your category, then you, it'll bring you up even more suggestions. Um, so that makes it really, really user-friendly and it's quick to use. Um, like Deb was saying about the Sendero app, it is a battery drainer. Any kind of GPS is going to be, so you do have to be careful about that. Um, and the other thing is that it also has Apple Watch integration that's really nice. And if you have an iPhone and an Apple Watch and you're wearing the Apple Watch simultaneously, the watch will actually vibrate on your turns. So that's really convenient. Um, yeah, in theory. <laughs> um, all of these apps, you know, they still work on them. They still are trying to work on updates and things, and they'll get better as they go. Um, so that's Apple Apps and Apple Maps. And their main competitor is Google Maps. And there are some diehard Google Maps fans and some diehard Apple Maps fans. And essentially, they're the same thing. They have a couple of differences, but they both have the GPS system. They both have the same goal in mind. Um, Google Maps is still working on their search function of like finding foods and restaurants and things like that. So according to the internet, it's not quite as reliable to be able to give you suggestions as Apple Maps, but it still has that feature and it has those choices. And since you can't, if you have an iPhone, you can't just use Siri with Google Maps. Um, it has a voice search feature, 
and the voice search feature is very intuitive. It can, you know, you can say a couple of sentences and it will be able to understand through that and pull up where you're trying to go. As far as I could tell, there's not any kind of 3D feature where you can drag your finger and feel the different roads and all of that. Um, so that's a little bit of a drawback if you like the visual picture. But it has walking directions and transit directions um, and cycling directions and driving. Um, so any of those. It does caution on the app that the walking directions are still in a beta mode, technically. Um, so it, you know, it's got to be noted they they're not going to be held liable for their walking directions. And in some areas, both Apple Maps and Google Maps are like this, but in some areas, one works really well and one doesn't work at all, and in other areas, they both work and vice versa. Um, let's see. You can also save points of interest in that, and it can pull up your history to show your older um, places that you've been. And both of those, Apple and Google, are both being updated pretty constantly. Another app that I wanted to talk about is BlindSquare. And BlindSquare is a uh, paid GPS app. I think it runs at, does it run at $9.99? Yeah, yeah. Yep, $29.99, okay. What? Oh. Oh. Yeah, so it goes on sale, but you can buy it. Um, and for that price, that's unlimited. It's not like a subscription like the Sendaro app is. Um, and that comes with updates whenever they update it. And BlindSquare has a lot of the features that Sendaro does that she was talking about, um, like telling you the places you're passing in the tracking modes. It doesn't make the cool little click sound that she was talking about, unfortunately. Um, but it w can, will give you the same kind of walking directions, but in order to use BlindSquare, you also have to be using Apple or Google Maps. It will ask you which system you want to use with it, and you choose. And once you choose that and you're walking, it will give you normal walking directions, as well as pointing out landmarks. Um, and then there's also like an explore mode where you can just walk around and it'll tell you what's around you without you having to put in specific directions to get anywhere. Um, it's a pretty useful app. It's people debate whether it's worth paying because I mean that is a price, but the accommodations of telling you what's around you is really really handy. Um, it also works with the Apple Watch, although I personally think the interface with the Apple Watch is a little bit clunky. Um, you have to use like the play pause buttons on the Apple Watch and the next track button to get it to say directions out loud, um, and so that it kind of has a little bit more work to be done, but it does exist. Yeah, um, it does work well with headsets. She's 100% right. Um, and that that's about all for the three of them. I'm sure you guys will have some questions and I can go deeper into things. And I am going to pass it to Min and she's going to talk about a couple more. So the next three apps that I'm going to talk about, um, a couple of them are geared more towards guide dog users, but... Um, I think it would be helpful for most of us in the room with guide dogs. Um, the first one that I'm going to talk about is called the Patronus app. Um, yeah, it's P-A-T-R-O-N-U-S. And most of you might know it as the Blue Light app, 
Um, they recently redesigned it and renamed it to Patronus because it was um, people were mixing it up with the system that they have on college campuses and stuff. And but it's still basically the same thing where you use it um, in an emergency situation. Like if you get into an unsafe um, area and somebody attacks you, you can call 911. Um, and the issue with cell phones is that it doesn't have a landline connection. So when you call 911, if it's a real emergency, you, you're not gonna have time to tell the dispatcher exactly where you are. But with this app, you can enter in um, your location or as you are traveling, it's gonna pull GPS coordinates um, from satellite systems and when you call 911, the dispatcher will get that coordinates and they can send somebody to help you. And the really cool thing about this app is they really have blind people in mind. So like part of the reason why they developed this is because of blind people and college students. And when you sign up um, for an account on the app, it asks you, are you a blind person? Are you a guide dog user? Um, and that's really cool. And a couple of features that I really love about this app is that one, you can add contacts to the app um, so that if you call 911, the people in your contact list, they are going to get notifications also. Um, so, you know, on my app, like my boyfriend's one of my contacts and my sister and my mom. Um, so if something happens to me, they get a notification right away. Um, and that's pretty handy. So, you know, if you're kind of like incapacitated for some reason, um, they know where you are. And the other cool thing is there's like kind of like a monitoring monitoring um, aspect to it. So again, you can add contacts to this list and whenever, it's called the on my way feature. So whenever you are heading to um, a destination, let's say you're going to a restaurant and um, you press this on my way and you enter in the destination and your contacts get a notification when you arrive at that destination. So if you don't get there, um, you know, within like 20 minutes or half an hour or an hour or, or however long it takes you, um, they're gonna be like, okay, where is she? And if they don't hear from you, then you know, they might get worried and start um, calling. So it's just, it's just another feature to keep yourself more safe when traveling. Um, and I live in a really big city. I live in Boston and I go to college and um, BC has the blue light uh, system, you know, with those really big buttons that you can press if you're in an emergency. But I'm blind, like I can't see where those boxes are. So this app is kind of um, an alternative to that. And, um, So the next one I'm gonna talk about, um, most of you might have known already, it's the Service Animal, the Where to Go app. 
I just want to touch on that briefly. Um, if you are looking for it on the app store, type in service animal because originally I typed in where to go and it didn't show up. Um, so that's just a little tip. And this app is pretty cool. It's, it's really simple. It, the interface is basically just like dog relief areas, um, federal laws, and a couple other buttons that you can press. But the most important part about this is that it gives you a list of dog relief areas in different airports around the country. So when you press the button that says dog relief area, it brings up this long list of airports. And what I usually do is I turn my rotor on my iPhone to headings and go down by letter and search for the airport um, that you're looking for. And then when you click on it, it gives you instructions to the relief area. And they are really good instructions, I have to say. Um, really clear and concise. Um, but you know, you're still going to have to, most of them are outside. I don't think, I browsed through a few of them and I, there wasn't one that was an indoor relief area. So you have to go outside um, of security. And um, a lot of them are pretty convoluted. So I, would, I wouldn't even try um, attempting it on my own. But if you get like a meet and assist at the airport, most of them don't even know where it is, but if you have this app, you can tell them, you know, the dog relief area is outside of Terminal B at door B114 or something like that. Um, incidentally, that's where the dog relief area is at Boston Logan. <laughs> um, and I have heard, though, that this app is kind of outdated. I yeah, um, and I know like GDY is trying to work on getting more legislation for indoor relief areas, which I'm totally for because you don't want to go through security and back through security just to take your dog out, especially if it's like a short layover or something. Okay, this one. And the last app I'm going to talk about is the Pet First Aid app from the American Red Cross. Um, I know there was just a canine first aid um, session in here. And this app is really, really cool. I, I look through it all the time. It kind of freaks me out looking through all the bad things that can happen to your dog. Um, so if you don't want to freak yourself out, don't look through it. Um, but it gives you a whole list of different um, situations that can occur with your dog, like a bee sting or an uh, allergic reaction or overheating, um, stuff like that. And you can click on it and it tells you um, kind of the symptoms and kind of the different remedies that you can do kind of like in an emergency um, as you are making arrangements to bring your dog to the um, it's called Pet First Aid. And what is it? It's totally free. It's from the American Red Cross. All of the apps that I've mentioned are free. Um, Patronus used to be 
um, I think there was a cost with it. Um, it was like $20 a year. Um, but they really wanted to make this app accessible and um, free to everybody. So everything I've mentioned is free. Okay, I got sidetracked and totally forgot two of the things I was going to talk about. Um, okay, so two other apps that surprisingly, I know most of you have heard of, but surprisingly you can be super helpful in travel too, are TapTapC and KNFD Reader. And um, tap, TapTapC, C, S E E. Um, and that's an app where you take a picture of what's in front of you and it will identify it. Um, they used to have both human identification and electronic and now they've switched to electronic only. Um, so some people have thought it declined, but um, I haven't had any worse luck with it. But some of the useful things it can do um, that I've discovered recently are actually like read thermostats, which is kind of cool. So if you're traveling and you're in a hotel, you want to adjust your room, There's a, it can read your thermostat. Um, and it can do a couple of other things like that, so it's really handy to have with you. Um, and if you're shopping and you want to identify a box or you know, in the grocery store, if you just want to go in for one item, it might be a lot quicker to try to use that than to find someone to assist you and that kind of thing. Um, KNFD Reader is an app that is a little more expensive, but I personally think it's worth it. And you take a picture of the paper in front of you, and it will put it on your phone so that you can read it. And that works for mail, papers, packages, um, basically anything that you're going to encounter, you can take a picture of. Now, certain things in traveling, it will read signs when you're traveling, and that's super useful. But some signs, if they're too glary or if they have funny handwriting or things like that, it is going to have a little bit more trouble. KNFD Reader. Yes. B. Okay, it's yes, it's on sale right now for sixty-four dollars for the moment. Um, and so you take a picture of the document and/or sign or box or whatever you're trying to read. And it will do it out um, read it out loud for you. And you can save the document. You can send the document. You have a lot of choices after that. Um, and as far as traveling, I know people who have used it to identify signs in the airport and figure out which terminal they were in. Um, I know people who have used it to read signs and things in stores. So those are kind of apps that aren't specifically built for travel, maybe, but could actually make your traveling a lot easier. Um, and I think now we are ready to take some questions. <laughs> Oh, Min has one thing to say first.
Actually, that's a really good point because um, at one of our, uh, another ATBS event yesterday, um, a couple of the representatives came to our fashion kind of like forward um, session and they were talking about taking pictures of like different clothes and stuff and getting responses, so. Be, be specular. Okay. Just to spell it out for people that can't hear it, it's B E S P E C U L A R. I believe someone said that there's a flyer in your registration information. Can we're, I, I just have one more app that I want to mention and then we can pass around the microphone for people that want to give suggestions of apps uh, or questions. So the last app I want to mention is called Nagdu, N-A-G-D-U. Um, it's a reference app of all the state and federal laws, I believe. Um, pertaining to service animals, service dogs. Yes. It's Nagdu, N-A-G-D-U. It's. Mission of guide dog users. And I believe it was released two years ago, um, and it hasn't been updated, but, um, you know, it's, it can be a good reference if you are in a bind and you get denied or something. Um, most businesses aren't educated anyway, so if you bring it up, um, they're, and it hasn't been updated in three years and a law just came out, like, they're not going to know about it, so... It's a good app to have on your phone. Um, I haven't uh, needed it, but it's something to have. So I think we can open it up to questions and suggestions. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I have a question. Um, how do the blind square and uh, the seeing eye GPS apps compare to the Trekker Breeze? As far as as far as the things you can do, the features that they have. That's a good question. Um, this this is Deb. That's a good question because we didn't really talk about anything that wasn't an app. So um, that's a great question. So um, the Trekker Breeze, for anyone who's not familiar, is a standalone GPS system. And um, so one of the big advantages of a standalone GPS system, always, is that it's going to have its own GPS source and its own battery source. So it's not going to drain your other stuff. 
um, and, and that is a useful, um, a useful thing. Um, the, the other thing about um, that, however, is the price tag is significantly higher. It's several hundred dollars. Um, and the updates um, now, Humanware has actually made some really positive changes. The new Trekker Breeze can actually get its updates easily um, through the air and can actually get updates without a lot of tumult. Uh, it used to be that that could only be updated um, you know, on a you know, annual or whatever they could do basis, like the standalone GPSs in your car where you're driving and you discover this road doesn't exist anymore at 55 miles an hour. So that was going to happen to you with the old trucker breeze, but that really doesn't happen so much now. Um, the advantage, of course, with the, uh, with the Blind Square and um, Sendero is that they're operating with, um, with totally commercial um, maps that are updated literally daily. I know because in my neighborhood there's some construction going on, and they're routing me differently based on that most of the time pretty well. Um, so there is some change there, and of course the fact that the seeing eye and blind square and other apps are depending on the hardware of your phone, um, their, their investment is obviously going to be less. But in terms of being able to, to, um, to save points of interest and, and do some of those things, the Trekker Breeze, the, the current version of the Trekker Breeze really does um, compare fairly favorably to the car type standalone um, GPSs. And so if you want that single source solution and, and are willing to pay more for it, um, that is certainly um, one of the ways to go. Also, Sendero is still definitely supporting and working with their um, apps that, that work in the Apex and, and in the um, HIMS products as well. So, you know, there are some other hardware uh, solutions out there. But the Sendero, uh, I'm mean, sorry, the um, the trucker, current trucker is, is a pretty comparable product if you want to buy the separate hardware. What I would really recommend for iPhone users is to buy a separate GPS receiver and attach that via Bluetooth to your um, iPhone, and then that way you have the, the ability to position that better. You have the ability to be using up its battery and not so much from your phone. And... Um, that actually is, is a real saver in many ways. And you'll get probably, in most cases, um, better GPS. So um, that's, that's a good move as well. Um, well, let's see. Recommending a brand gets a little tricky. Um, there are actually a lot of them that support the phone. And um, the big challenge is knowing when they're on and off. You, you have to look at your phone to make sure you see when they're connected that sort of thing. But really, the brand doesn't so much matter um, as long as they support the iPhone. Because if they do support your phone, um, they're going to work. Now, if there are any Android users out there, you know, we do have some solutions for Android. And that's the, well, the best one of those is the Nearby Explorer, which is um, the APH app. And um, I understand that they're bringing that to the iPhone soon. Um, it's in beta, okay. They have a version for the Fire tablets. It's not very useful. It's a, it's a dumbed-down version. So um, I don't recommend the Fire tablets version. But if you have a full standard Android or you've, um, you've uh, changed the configuration of your tablet so it supports real Android, 
um, then you could uh, download that app, and that is, I believe, about $100 as a one-time fee, and it's an excellent um, solution for the Android platform. And that's um, ex uh, uh, Nearby Explorer. Thanks, Larry. I, my brain just went dead. I just said it, and then I couldn't re Nearby Explorer from American Printing House for the Blind. Um. No, the near, no, uh, yes, it will. Yeah, with the new with the new touch, yes, it does. Now you have to, um, uh, yes, yes, it can it can work. It will be able to um, work. I'm not sure if it's fully working, but I I've seen some people starting to to test that out. So it should be a, a possibility very soon. Just, wait just a minute. We'll send you a mic. There's an app called Be My Eyes. Yeah. And uh, some of you may have heard of it. It's a little similar to Be Specular, except there are thousands of volunteers around the country with their computers who would get a push notice if, when you tap on uh, Be My Eyes app on your, on your iPhone. And um, one of those people will, will answer it. And uh, the nice thing about it is that you can talk to them and they can talk to you, but they can also see through the camera of your phone as it takes a video of what it's seeing, and they see it on their computer. So if you drop your keys and there's no one around to help you find it, you can use it to scan the area, and they will look for it and, and find it and see it and tell you where they are. Or they will tell you if, it, like, all of a sudden there's a crash or an emergency or something ahead of you, they can tell you what's ahead of you down the street, or they can help you read something or find something or describe something to you and uh, and stay with you and work with you until you, you find what you need to find. And so um, when you're traveling, you know, if if you need to know, scan around you. Where is this the men's room or the women's room or whatever? They can read that and tell it to you. Or, or where is the gate I need or anything? Well, they'll see whatever you're pointing your camera at and describe it to you and give you directions how to get to where you want to go. And because it's using video rather than pictures, you don't have to be as accurate, so you don't have to send them five pictures to get it figured out. Ex exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. real time. Real time stuff. So yeah. it's actually really great. Mm Yeah, not usually. Yeah, yeah. It certainly um, can. I haven't had that experience though. Yeah, so I have a suggestion. Oh, okay. I have a suggestion for an app that's really cool. It was it was put out in Braille Book Review. It's called AI Polyvision. That's A I P O L Y Vision, and basically it's an app that you um, you turn it on. Once you've uh, installed it and opened it, there's an AI Polyvision. You hit the uh, on button, and then it will describe or try to describe whatever you're pointing your phone at, like whether it's a, an entertainment center or a, it, it, and so it will just say like a wall or or um, a couch, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's A I P O L Y, and then vision. Mm -hmm. 
Well, they won't get it on the re I'll repeat it for you. Yeah. Oh, she's got it. Okay. Hi. Okay. Um, my question is, I've had issues with all apps, all the GPS apps we talked about, where when I'm walking and let's say I'm eight blocks west of my location or something and it's straight ahead, it just says continue straight and it'll be on your left and it doesn't specify like how many crossings or how many blocks, that kind of thing. And I know you can look at it and kind of count depending on what the address number is. Is that how you guys do it, or no. is there another way you navigate it? So I actually use the routes. I have them create a route. And does it say how many blocks to walk? Well, yeah. What what it will? Yes, it will usually tell you. Um, it, you can usually um, when you go into the if you take a look at the route details, you'll see how many blocks it is. But generally, um, most of the uh, using now again, this is one of the things where Sendero works a little bit better than, say, using the blind square in combination with, with, um, with Google Apps is, is going to be, or blind square in combination with Apple Apps, or Apple Maps. See, I'm doing the same thing you did. <laughs> God dang, see? Ah, oh, boy. Uh, but one of the advantages of the Sendero app is that it, it actually assumes you're blind. So it assumes you don't know what you're coming up to or how far you'll be walking. So if you do the pedestrian route, the walking directions, um, you will generally get more information about the fact that you'll be walking four blocks or the, or the distance that you'll be walking. Um, it may not always give it to you in blocks. It may give it to you in some other amount, but it will usually tell you how much. And um, one of the things, of course, that Blind Square can do with its um, places feature is that you can set your destination as a place and it will indicate to you as you're approaching it. So um, to get it to name every street you're going to cross, in all cases you're going to need to go into the details of your route and ask it to show you the route. And you can ask Sendero to show you all those details of, of the route and it can show you all of the streets you're going to cross. But for the most part, um, um, when you're using anything that involves um, Apple Maps or Google, they are not going to tell you that because they assume you can see it, and they assume you only need the directions. So I absolutely recommend that having the Sendero app or the Blind Square app in the mix is, is really important for us because we do want to know that this is a T intersection, or we do want to know um, that this is a, a four-way um, stop, and we do want to know those things um, as we approach them if they're not familiar. And so, you know, right here, I'm not so familiar in Minneapolis, but I feel okay about going out because those pieces of information are available. Thank you, that's helpful. And then you're gonna answer as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm a planner whenever I go out. Um, I like to like do my research for like two hours before I do anything. Um, I don't like to take chances. So I don't have the seeing eye um, GPS just because it's a ton of money for me to afford. So I use a blind square GPS app um, in conjunction with Google Maps and I love it. Um, so what I what I usually do is I go into Google Maps and I kind of like go through all the steps of the route 
and kind of just look at all the streets that it's telling me, um, you know, I have to, like, cross and turn and all that stuff. And I kind of, like, have this route memorized in my head, and maybe the street crossings aren't all there, but I know that I know the names of the important streets. So then with that in mind, when I am going out with Viva, um, I turn on my Blind Square GPS and I just kind of like walk along and it will tell me, you know, you're at intersection X and Y. And for me, that's kind of like enough information to know, okay, this is not the street that I need. I'm going to keep going. Hi, um, I just wanted to add something to the Sendero GPS. Um, I have a friend, I don't have it myself yet, but I, have, I do have a friend who uses it. And he told, uh, he told me and a few of my other friends that it will also tell you things um, like if a taxi is on the curb next to where you're walking. Uh, obviously, I live in New York City, but um, yeah, it'll tell you the taxi number and if it's on duty, things like that. So, yeah, so, again, I haven't used it myself, but this is what he reported to us. Right. Well, if I can remember everything, let's see. First of all, when I bought the CNI GPS, there is another option besides just um, doing the uh, subscription. It let me pay mine up front, so I don't have to pay any subscriptions anymore. I've got it now. Um, it's not cheap, but I got it. And uh, second of all, does anybody know if, if since Blind Square will, is supposed to be able to read beacons, and also the Seeing Eye GPS too, does anybody know if it can read these beacons that are supposedly been put in this building or not? No. no? Okay, I hadn't tried them, so I, did, I wasn't sure. Um, and there was a third thing I was going to mention, which is one of the best travel options, baby, if you're trying to find stuff and you know you're close, is FaceTime. My husband and I have used that before. He might, if you want, I, I can get him to tell how it worked out for him, but um, he sighted, and I was trying to find the bus stop, and I knew I was close, but I couldn't find the stupid thing. So I called him, and I've done this more than once. And there's plenty of sighted iPhone users out there, so. FaceTime. F FaceTime is a feature of the phone system on an Apple, on an iPhone. I have an app recommendation and then a question. The app recommendation is, and this is one that didn't used to work very well, but lately seems to. Mostly I've worked, I've used it to read uh, computer screens while installing Windows 10, but um, it's talking goggles and you can just point it at stuff and if it's able to, it will read it to you. And I haven't tested it with signs or anything yet. 
Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really handy because you just have to point it in the direction and if it can read anything to you, it will. Um, now my question is, I'm very confused about how you virtually explore a route or an area in Blind Square, so I'm wondering if somebody can tell me that. You have to go into the tools menu, and then you choose simulation, simulation mode, and it puts, it's like you went to that place. And one time I was on an Amtrak train, and I found out from my friend that I was going to have to get myself a hotel room in a big hurry, so, and I was going to go somewhere the next day in Austin, and so I looked, I knew the address where I was going to go, so I went into simulation mode, and then I told it to search for hotels. And I had the list of hotels, and I chose one and called the thing on the iPhone so I could get my reservation. And that, that way I knew how far it was from, it tells you in miles or whatever, how far it is from the place that you simulated. And once you're in simulation mode, you can do it. It's like you're there, okay? And you, so you can look around and do everything else like you're there. In Blind Square. You can do that in Blind Square, yes. So that is one of a very big advantage of Blind Square. So um, with the simulation mode, the one the one struggle I've had, and I think it's a great mode, but the one thing to caution is sometimes when I'm looking at the streets and I'm moving my phone across the screen. It sometimes switches between north and south and east and west streets. No, maybe I just have clumsy fingers, but <laughs> just to kind of alert to make sure that you're focusing on on which which direction the streets are going, so you're not counting streets and then they flip on you in real life. Uh, yeah, you point the camera, and if you're like slightly, you have to be super careful because otherwise it it kind of changes directions on you. But maybe maybe I'm just bad at it, so it could be fine. But I just thought I'd say it. I'm pointing the camera in a direction, it says, so it's like you point the camera up so it thinks you're going north, or then you can point it to the left and it'll think you're going west. So the camera is like your body direction in that mode. Generally, when you're using the actual GPS, you want your phone pointed um, up. That's the best GPS to move your phone. Um, but when you're actually using the look-around portions of apps, it's better for your phone to be flat. Um, and that way, you can you can move your phone in the in the directions. And it's just going to be whichever app is looking around for you. It's just going to be looking out straight from where you are. And that's the reason that. It's not a perfect north, south, east, and west app. I'm saying that when you're doing, when you're actually doing your GPS, you want your phone to be vertical, so the power key can be toward the sky, or actually, it's fine for the home key to be toward the sky. Um, 
you know, like the way I carry my phone, my home key is always toward the side in the mode that I carry it when I'm walking. And that works fine for all the GPS apps. But when I'm in the look around mode of any of them, I find and I usually teach people that the best way to do that is to have your phone flat in your hand. Okay, maybe like two more questions or comments? Yeah, how you doing guys here? Uh, this is Eric out of Seattle here. What I'm trying to talk about is the uh, <clears throat> the uh, compass, uh, well not the compass, but the general uh, GPS. What I normally do is if I hold the flat in front of me like, well like this, uh, I know you guys can't see, but if you hold it like, if you hold it flat, okay, and you're walking down the street corner, that, that basically, uh, that works because the the compass, the, the compass looks, you know, like what is actually, you want it orientated so that it can actually tell, okay, what's in front of you. Because if you hold it like this or like this, well, that's not going to work. And, uh, yeah, blind square is actually, I use blind square every day, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a lifesaver. Do we have one more question? Yeah, I've got an associated question. I'd like to know, are the, air, the airline apps of any use? I mean, in tracking your plane and know, knowing... The you airlines the themselves? Yeah, the air, For the, you know, all the different apps from all the airlines. That's a good the maps mode he's asking about? As, yeah, as far as I know, as far as I've seen, none of the maps modes on the airlines sites are accessible. Um, the airline sites are accessible for airline information, but nothing to do with disabilities, really. We can probably take one more if there is one, yeah. I have a question. I have never found the Maps app really to be very accessible, folks, and I'm not sure why, but I seem to always get stuck in this view and I can't get out of it. And so I, I, I really don't find it very accessible. Um, sometimes when the app gets stuck, you can hit the home button and close it um, and then go back into it and it's better. Um, it's, it's a voiceover bug and also another way to get around it is to turn voiceover off and back on. Um, but if you do either of those things, I use it all the time, I find it really accessible. Sure. Yeah, one more. Sorry, I've actually had my hand up. So a quick question. Um, I came in a little late, and I don't know how you want to address this, but I don't have any of the GPS apps. I'm newer to iPhone. I've had it a couple of months. Can you compare Seeing Eye GPS to BlindSquare? Like, what's is there a huge difference between the two? And, like, just kind of do apples and oranges and kind of do a comparison? Or it's, it's definitely some of it is a personal opinion. Like, I would prefer BlindSquare, while I'm sure Deb would prefer Sendero. I have both, uh, I have about 70 or 80 GPS apps, so 
Just to give you a perspective, I'm a GPS. I'm into GPS. Yeah, I, and I have a few thousand other apps, but um, it's great for my husband because he's only bought one app at the App Store. He had to buy his own baseball app because I didn't care about that. But otherwise, he doesn't know how to use the App Store other than go download them from my apps. So, um, so basically, you know, the fundamental philosophical thing about about the Sendero app versus the Blind Square app is. Um, how simple you want it to get, because really um, both apps are very are very good at what they do. But to get the full featured app, to get the full benefit of turn by turn instruction, and to get everything you can like that out of Blind Square, you need to pair it with another app, and that app can be a free app like Maps or like the Google Maps app. It can be any of those apps. It supports a wide range of maps to do this. Um, but you do have to load them both. And some people who don't feel comfortable working with a lot of things at the same time, who are a little blown away by their iPhone to begin with, um, and wonder how they ever got this thing, don't find that to be a really friendly way to work. But if your primary use for, for the app is to just hear what's around you as you go by it, Blind Square is, is really easy to do that with. But if you want the full experience, it's absolutely doable. Lots of people are doing it. I do it. But the issue is that it is harder if you're not so comfortable. So the, Jeep, the Sendero app puts it all together for you if that's what you prefer. And, but it costs more. So you know, if you're willing to take the time to learn to do it, Blind Square is really, really great and really flexible. I recommend doing one of them in a, even if you do use all the free apps, because when you're in a place that is not familiar, you will want some of that other information that's not available to you. So I recommend doing one or both. And I like GPS apps, so I've got them, and I've got lots and lots of others. But um, yeah, I, that's the biggest philosophical difference between them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. So the problem with locations in any GPS app is, yeah, no, no, this is always an important question. The problem with GPS is all, is, and any location points of interest is that they are where people have entered them. So if someone has come to this hotel and they put the point of interest for the hotel as the entrance to the parking garage, that is where it will be. Okay, so it is not going to know that you want to go there. Um, for example, we, the reverse problem this afternoon, it wanted to take me to the front door, and we did want to go to the parking garage because we had the car. So, um, it, and it, and no, oh, no, no, that's not the way. But the sighted driver said, well, yes, it is. So, you know, she overruled in this case. But, but so you cannot fully just decide that that works. But you can use it to get yourself very close and if you have some other information as well. Now, once you've been here, by golly, you can mark the front door of this hotel, and then you're going to be able to bring yourself a whole lot closer. But if you're coming just trusting everyone else, you may end up at the parking entrance. Yes. All right, well, that's okay. um, going to wrap things up for us. Thanks. And Min is going to talk to you really quick about the raffle before you leave.
Thanks, everyone. So now that we're talking about the apps, Flying Square GPS has donated um, a couple apps and a Bluetooth remote um, to go along with the app for our raffle. So there's two copies of that, and we're raffling off a Bluetooth, a talking Bluetooth headset donated by Speed Dots and a tactile glass screen protector also from Speed Dots. So if you have not bought raffle tickets and you want to buy raffle tickets, please speak now. Okay, well, I'm going to do the drawing. Number 83, please. 83. Great. All right. 217. Is that Vicky? Okay. Um, the tactile glass screen protector um, is an iPhone 6. So you can have that. Yay! Okay. Can I have 209? 209. <laughs> That's fine. 209, please. 240. Yay. Do you have the Blind Square GPS? Okay. Awesome. You can get that. And I just need to get your email address so I can send you the um, code for the app. Can you come up here? Yep, we have two more. Yeah. 225. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the talking Bluetooth headset? Woo. All right. How about 87? For the last copy of the Blind Square GPS, 87, please. Anybody have 87? Okay, 232.
Okay, thank you so much. We appreciate it.